You're listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. Woo! Well, that was a game. That was a day. That was an exhausting-ish day in the league. I don't know what to put behind anything we saw today other than we saw some really dumb outcomes. We saw some weird, uh, weird bad play. We saw a lot of different things, but as always, this is the Sunday Night Live show on the Educated Ignorance Podcast. It's your boy Joe the Show and my good friend, Mr. Nick Brinks, dressed out in aqua himself. My friend, how are you? I'm doing well. I was about ready to pop the champagne on seeing a couple of backup quarterbacks knock off a couple of heavyweights, Oh, God. and we came up just short of getting the second one. The the con it would have been three if you really think about it. It would have been three backup quarterbacks. The the Eagles game. Technically, Zach Wilson was back up. Well, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Uh listen, man. We were we were yeah, just some unmitigated disaster of a disastrous day of watching television at times. But in some cases it was fun. We're gonna talk about all of it. Uh, we're only, we only got Nick until 1130 central time. So we are going to boot scoot and boogie some quick housekeeping notes. You see it on the bottom, please. We appreciate this. If you guys do so much, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at four frequencies at QC. We're trying to get to hundred subscribers over there. So if you could, li- uh, as well as like the video, it takes, you no time, just go find it, hit the thumbs button. We appreciate it. Even if you don't like me, if I'm ugly, if you think my goatee looks silly, I don't know. Say I'm bald. I don't care. You can give me a bad compliment. You can tell me you think my team sucks. That's fine. Just like the video and subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate it. All right. Are you ready to get after it? Let's go. All right. We're going to talk about the game that we just saw. Uh, (laughs) The Bills, man. I mean, brother. Just they found a way, I guess. Um I've I laid it with the Bills, so I'm, you know, I'm obviously shocked that that's that what we saw is what happened. I just can't believe that this team slept locked and then, you know, found themselves where they were. Credit the Giants for the effort and the tough game, but on their last legs. But just kind of an embarrassing performance for Buffalo in the first half. Now in the second half, their two drives, their three, two of their three drives they had were efficient. Um, they they were they were able to score those two long touchdown drives in the third uh, in the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. But outside of that, not too much home to write, not too much to write home about because at the end of the day, yeah, you gave up nine points, but you are playing a team who hasn't scored a touchdown now offensively in thirteen quarters, and that by itself is just kind of hilarious to say you have to go back nearly four games 
to find the last offensive touchdown for the Giants, which is, I don't know, like just in a word, not good. Uh, they didn't have one against the, tonight against the Dolphins, against the Seahawks, and against the Niners. They did have the one. So the, the Niners game, three full touchdowns, and they had it in the third quarter of the Niners game. Brother, it's been bad for the Giants, but they were just inches away. Well, what's your overall takeaway from this game? Because I don't really know. Actually, I have one overall takeaway, um, but what's your overall takeaway from tonight? I think for, for the majority of that game, they had the Bills frustrated. I mean, the, I, I don't think anybody expected the defense to play as well as they did and limit the Bills how they did because that defense has not been anything special at all this nope. season. Um, they have been embarrassing really on both sides of the football. I'd say more so on offense than defense, but it's not been good. They came out playing inspired tonight. They had no reason to play inspired football tonight. You know, Daniel Jones is out, and I don't know. Maybe there's some uh, maybe there's some trouble in La La Land, and having Jones out is actually sparking the team. I don't know. Their entire offensive line is out. They had the one guy literally say in the sh- in the uh, roster thing from straight off the couch. Yeah, <laughs> like and then, tackle. Yeah, I think I heard uh, that. I think it was Justin Pugh. Yeah, signed off the couch. And then he had to move to a second position during the game because another lineman got hurt. Yeah, it's brutal. This is like their lineman injuries is like what you see with some college teams look sometimes where it's just like you're on your ninth and 10th guy. <laughs> like it's, I remember last year, Boston College was so injured on the offensive line. This is how deep I am with college football. I just don't talk about it um, and who I watch and stuff. Boston College was so banged up on the offensive line. They were putting like guys who played nose tackle at guard because they were just they had no bodies <laughs> they have no bodies bro oh like that's kind of where we're at with the giants right now but in the nfl you can call someone up who's at home be like hey man i mean you want a paycheck have you worked lately we need you to punch in for this one so hey man my man had a nice little nine to five tonight and uh played well i thought they designed a decent game to not get tyrod killed but outside of that, they couldn't run the ball well other than like the one drive they did. And then they fucking kicked it on fourth and short. Brian Dayball. That's my biggest takeaway. Brian Dayball. And I loved everything he did last year. He took a literal. He took an absolutely flawed roster with a bad quarterback and no weapons. Now, granted, they were way healthier last year. I mean, injuries is a luck thing, right? You know, wouldn't you say? I mean, like, it's good fortune or bad fortune. And last year, they, they're they all pro left level left tackle. Andrew Thomas played all, pretty much all year. Saquon played all year. You know, you had those things go your way. But it was still a really flawed, really incompetent roster with a bad quarterback. And... He got every ounce of blood squeezed out of the stone. And this year, yeah, the injuries have been one thing. But tonight, horrendous management of the end of the game, under the first half and the, the, the drive where they took the three to make it nine to seven uh, on their only really good explosive drive of the game. Those are the two moments tonight. And we'll get to the last play in a moment. 
for me, Nick, that stick out the most, really. And I do know, I understand, to, for context, the one at the end of the half is Tyrod Taylor's fault because he killed the play at the line. They have two, they have two options coming up to the line, and Tyrod kills it. And that's his fault because as an NFL, as a as a vet, he's been around the game too long, man. You can't have that happen. But also, you can't call a play with that being an option, right? Like, don't oh, yeah. allow it to happen. Yeah, sure. It, it comes down to Tyrod, like you said. He the the buck stops with him. But somewhere along the line, a coach gave him that backup option, like you said. That backup option should not have been there. It should have been two pass plays, no matter what. Or you uh you make damn sure that your quarterback knows going into this play whatever you do throw the football into the end zone or out of bounds whatever you got to do running the football not an option with 14 seconds left running the running the football is an option with 1 second left because you got one shot like they could have done it at the end of the game if they wanted to they could have run the football uh-huh. but for end of the first half with where they were at 14 seconds Absolutely wrong, and yeah, Tyrod Taylor got lit up by the coach going into the locker room, deservedly so. Which and it, it's unfortunate because uh, obviously it wasn't an offensive juggernaut by any means for the Giants tonight, but to keep the Bills scoreless in that entire first half, but you go into the locker room and that that is the that's the taste that's left in your mouth is how bad you botched going Killer. into halftime. It's like. The Bills have no points going into halftime, but the Giants killed their own momentum by doing that. I mean, it could have been nine nothing. It could have been, you know, they could have got to thirteen or fourteen nothing at the time. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get nothing, and then at the end of the game, you're two field goals short, one touchdown short of of winning that football game. The Bills had two good drives all game long. They got touchdowns on. And yeah, the Giants, I, they, they got down the field, had to settle for field goals or no points like we saw at the end of the, the halves. But they had their chances, didn't capitalize, and now the Bills squeak out of here when they could have been third in the division after week six behind the Jets with Zach Wilson. That would have been a storyline. Wow. Uh-huh. Instead, the Bills hang on, and after next week, this game will get forgotten. Uh yeah, I sadly, I mean that it is what it is. Giants win that game, it's not forgotten. No, Giants that's going to go down as like an forgotten. epic one. <laughs> it, uh, it's forgotten. Real quick, some stuff in the comments. Which, by the way, if you're watching live, comment, be a part of the conversation. We love like when y'all are a part of the conversation, it makes things so much more fun. The interaction is great. We love, we appreciate, and love everybody watching. Um, uh, George here, we get these almost every week. So I, I and obviously our main stuff we have like DFS gambling and our fantasy show on Sunday. He asked during our show, do we answer fantasy questions? If you guys do end up wanting to ask some fantasy stuff, by all means put them in the comments. We appreciate it. We'll ask, we'll answer them kind of when there's a break in our conversation. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll 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 uh we'll attack them as they come along. So I figured that'd be something to uh uh to note. Uh, our boy Jordan Rangel said the uh, dropping in real quick to say the Vikings are back, baby. The NFL is on notice. Well, I read your comment, Jordan, and I hope you like the video, please. That or the, sh- the like the video on Facebook or whatever you're watching on that would be appreciated. But yes, 
he is now at 48 leagues. I said 47 on the Sunday show. Jordan is now at 48 because he's doing this guillotine league thing. I mean, listen, man, our favorite degenerate. We love him so much. And yeah, the Vikings are back. Congratulations. Even though, hey, man, I'm just going to put this into your mind, Jordan, as a Vikings fan. Y'all with Caleb Williams or Drake May would be set up perfectly. Y'all won today, but who really won? Who quick really cut. won? <laughs> Jordan, think about it. Uh, uh, quick aside really fast. Go ahead. Since Jordan commented and he's talking fantasy, or or he's not he's not talking fantasy, but I will. So I'm I'm facing him in the Toys for Tots League this week. Uh-huh. And right now I'm leading by three. I will have C.D. Lamb tomorrow night. He will have Keenan Allen. And right now our projection is 0.3 separating us. Oh. It's going to be a butt clencher. It's a so battle. Gordon, I hope uh, Keenan Allen gets bent tomorrow. Yeah. No CD. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him. A couple of eight and two juggernauts going at it head to head. All of it. Everyone we are, every, all of our friends, friends are named Jordan. Uh, Jordan Kernan says, get bent Darren Waller, which by the way, Jordan Kernan, also a uh, big time watcher of our late night show. We appreciate it. We went a little late tonight, obviously, because the game, the last quarter took an hour and a half. It felt like so. Uh, yeah, uh, we we apologize for the late later start than normal. I thought we were going to start at like 10 tonight. <laughs> I thought the baseball game would get over, which it got over like 10, 10. And the football game would be like 42 to six, and we'd be starting in the middle of the third. Uh, George says, get bet Darren Waller. He catches that pass, and I win the showdown tonight. Last thing I want to put on this game. The last play call I don't mind. Everyone always will compliment the result. Um, by the way, that is if that's what your your you know your showdown. I'm meaning your I'm guessing your fantasy matchup. If that's what lost you your fantasy game, that's brutal. <laughs> I feel bad for you. Uh, but we all, I don't mind the play call a little pop pass to your best guy. That isn't Saquon. I don't mind that. Sometimes players make plays, right? We always say players make plays, players, not plays X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's, all that stuff. Teron Johnson made a hell of a play. We'll get to that in a second, but he did make a good play to blow up. Literally the, that play that's tough. That's really tough. The only thing that I would have done differently if you change the play call, if you want to throw it, throw a jump ball to Waller outside, or the, I know they ran it at the end of the first half, but when they motioned the guy in, Nick, from the outside to the from the far outside to in and had the bunch, that's set up to where you can run a toss play that way and get the edge, and then it's a foot race to the goal line, like to the pylon. If they wanted to run it, then you do that. You pull, uh, you pin down, you pull one of the receivers, and then you pull either the tackle or the guard, and then you try to pick them up. And then Saquon's just got to beat someone to the pylon. Like that would have been a nice play to run too. But other than that, I don't mind all that stuff. I don't. I also don't think it was a penalty. I thought it should. Would it normally be called? Should have been called. Yes. My thing is, I'm at least glad that the first one was called. Because I actually think that one was probably way worse. Because there's more open space. He clearly just grabbed the shit out of him before he even got to the end zone. That one was way worse. The one there, tighter space. Yes, he held him. But at the end of the day thing, I'm just on the long, along the lines of at, at the point of like arguing over the if it should or shouldn't be a penalty is so exhausting. 
Um, Giant, that's not the reason the Giants won, would have won or that's not the reason why the game was won or lost, in my opinion. Um, what say you on everything I mentioned there? And then we'll move on to the game, the two best games of the day involving the two undefeated teams left. I hate when a, a, a game ends and the discussion is why was it a flag or was it a flag? Should it yep, have been a too. flag? That was a bad flag. Um, I just, it's natural that it happens that way. I mean, you could probably throw a flag on just about every play of every game. You know, there's a hold here. There's a hold there, whatever. When it's so obvious, you throw it. You don't want the last play of the game. You don't want it to be decided on a flag or a no flag. But again, we, we get it every week. It seems like you know, the Chiefs Super Bowl, you get that holding call. The Chiefs game last week or a couple weeks ago, kind of same deal. They get the the holding call late, gives them first downs. It's just, it's unfortunate. No, They're never going to get it right 100% of the time. And do I think both of them were worthy of a flag? I do. That's fair. But again... They threw the first flag, and I think it was fourth down, right? The first well, one. First, I think it was fourth and eight and something in the end zone. But I, whatever, whether yeah. it was or wasn't, whether no, 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 it, it was, was the it was second down after Tyrod had the run. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. That's and, right. It, but it was at the gun. It was at yes, the gun. If they don't call it, that flag, that's it's over. It yeah. yeah. So I think the refs are also in a spot there where, like, it's got to be over-the-top egregious for them to want to throw back-to-back first down and goal at the one flags. They could have. They would have had every right to. But I get, you know, not saying, all right, rack them up. Let's do it again. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Jordan said uh, they should have kicked the field goal at the end of the first. Yeah, I agree. At least take a sh- Take a shot. If you don't get it, kick the field goal because you go in. You go in up nine nothing, to even just nine nothing. Two. Obviously, if it's thirteen nothing, I'm not saying the Bills fold, but you're like, holy shit! Like we got them by the ass. Nine nothing. It's still two scores, and you just went down the field to score it in the half. Like that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Um, he says, I don't mind the audible. Tyrod had the best look, which I don't know. I think he ran it into the numbers, man. Like he didn't have the numbers. That's the problem too. Like he ran inside zone, and I, he like and he didn't have I, the numbers. They had the overloaded line, but they didn't. They they were it, they were all there. Like it was just a bad play. Like, like it's, it's just it's option those, too. Yeah, it's one of those things where hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, they would have loved to have a field goal going into halftime, but it's not like they were going to kick a field goal with fourteen seconds left. Like these are all these are certain these are little pockets of the same conversation that Correct. don't happen without other levers being pulled at the same time. So. Uh-huh. Like, if there's one second on the clock, the run is in play. If there's 14 seconds on the clock, the run is not in play. If there's one second left, a field goal is in play. With 14 seconds left, the field goal is not in play. So, like, That's, one thing happens, another thing happens. It it yeah. all works together, and unfortunately for them, it came back to bite them that they did not get anything. Exactly. They, they, should, have, they should have gotten a minimum of three points. 100%. Exactly. But it didn't work out that way because of when they ran the football uh-huh. at a terrible time. Exactly. You make a great point to you made a great point there to break down each scenario. Why running the ball was not okay in the first half, but it w- it could have been if that's what you wanted to do to end the game because it's the last play. 
So like you or no gain are the exact same result. Game is over. Exactly. Yeah. You made exactly. You made a fantastic point there. Uh, Lastly, before we move on, um, George, George play one, which we thank you for watching. He says, James cook, should I get rid of him or would he, uh, will he get more opportunity to the bad injury from Damien? First off, hopefully Damien Harris is okay. That was a bit scary. Um, just when you think of the context of everything that's happened with that team, um, riding off in an ambulance with number threes on it for Jamar Hamlin, you know, and then they're showing them, they're showing them, they're showing them on the fucking cameras, man. I get it, but come on, dude, that's just bad. I hate that. Yeah. Um, and luckily, obviously, it wasn't what happened to him. Looked like he just got like hit in the right spot. I thought he got knocked out, but apparently, it was his neck. Um. So yeah, look, thank God he at least gave the thumbs up. Hopefully he's okay. I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm probably the wrong guy to ask because I think when you ask, talk about Bill's options outside of Josh or Stefan, it, it's just like you're continuously trying to ram your head through the same brick wall. Uh, it just, I would say it just depends on what other options you have. Nothing wrong with keeping him. Because I will say they did run the ball well, Uh the last three weeks before the last two, and they ran it okay tonight, but nothing sensational. The biggest problem with James Cook is when they get to the goal line, he's like the third rushing option that they have. They've yep. got Josh Allen, they've got Latavius Murray, and James Cook fits in there somewhere. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he'll he'll run down the field from twenty to twenty, but uh, you get to the goal line and he's nowhere to be found. So yeah, as a fantasy running back, it's tough to rely on guys that literally have almost no touchdown potential exactly exactly all right moving on first off we love the interaction we love everybody hanging out we've got three people that have liked the video we really appreciate that keep them coming in keep the chats rolling on because we're about to talk about the game of the day baby oh what a game in cleveland hey man sometimes i'm wrong and i i admit when i'm wrong you know i admit i've been wrong with you and i've i've been the first one to say i'm wrong Broncos plus six and a half. Correct. They lost. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> yeah. But today, oh, today, folks, Joe was not wrong. I didn't. Okay. So for those that don't know, because I didn't put the Bron- the bill, I bet all these B names. I did not put the Browns plus the points in my sinister six, but during, I, I, I left it when Deshaun got ruled out, but knowing during the week that it was at like four and a half and that it would get bet up. It was just a play of like the weather could be crappy, which it really, the, the weather in these games in the Midwest weren't as bad as people originally thought. Even like some of the football games yesterday were not nearly as bad as what people thought it was going to be. Uh, the weather could be ish crappy, which it wasn't also Niners playing an amazing defense. Well, you know, I just thought the points would have been too much. Obviously it was, and we finally got the Brock Purdy regression game. Uh, we'll get to that in about 45 seconds. So, yes, I just want to bask in the fact that even though I didn't put him in because Deshaun went out, I would have if he wasn't if he was in there. Because, um, you know, I'm not going to put P.J. Walker against that that Niners defense. I'm just not, even, even though he did enough, um, even though, God, he made my heart sink about 19 times in the final drive <laughs> trying to goof it up. Uh, but you know, that's, that's the thing we, I today got to take a little bit of a bow. The Niners juice got a little too much 
And everybody needs a little bit of a humbling. So in this opportunity, I will be the one to thank you. Thank you. There were several the points of us well. that were in a group chat, and we were talking earlier in the week how, oh, 49ers minus four and a half. Correct. Smash it. Some yeah. of us did. Like this guy right here. And the, you and... know what I kept saying? I kept saying, keep betting it because I yeah. want it to get to seven. I want you all to put your mortgage <laughs> down on it because my goal, my initial thought too was like, Dude, get it to like eight and we'll middle it. We'll all win. It'll be the biggest podcast show. It'll be the biggest podcast win ever. We can middle the shit out of it. Uh, but, you know, listen, you, everyone Didn't was happen. telling me I'm dumb for thinking. Eh, and then the Browns won. Uh, we, so, yeah, we didn't think you were dumb. We just didn't like I that know. you were fading us. I was just I'm not I wasn't fading <laughs> you guys. I never <laughs> fade friends. I never do that. Because you shouldn't fade friends. You should be happy for their success. You can just question their decisions. Is that fair? You questioned my decision to uh, make a four-touchdown parlay today, and David Montgomery was the only one left. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, all right. Let's start. Oh, this is so magnificent. I'm sorry. He's your boy. But can we please... Stop the Brock Purdy MVP discussion now, F folks. Not you, Nick. Not you Let's at check, all. Obviously. I want to check his odds. It was like plus seven hundred last. He week. had the third best odds this time a week ago. Huh? What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! Now, like twenty nine to one. I don't know. It went up to plus a thousand. So he still did lose. way too like still yeah. insanely too hot or low. But Tua's back on top. In all fairness, he he should be. He's first in everything, in yardage and all the quarterback stats. He's first. Yeah, it's silly. You uh, think about the guys that he played much better than today: Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy. All better than all three. All going like this today. Two is climbing. Everybody else. I mean, Josh Allen. I guess he didn't play terrible, but he did have an interception and. Didn't play good by any means. I, I know who I'd be betting on. The problem is the market knows who deserves to be up there also, so he's never going to get good odds. And it's How the guy who's still at 55 to 1, though. Like, I would give, I'm a Dolphins fan, and I would give Tyreek Hill MVP over Tua personally. That's fair. I would say that Tyreek. Tyreek, again, it's more quarterback OPOI. Quarterback wins this award. So. Tua, Tua MVP, Tyreek OPOI parlay, though. Futures, yeah. if you think that if you're someone who thinks the Dolphins are going to continue continue to roll, um, uh, Josh comment in the YouTube channel with about some fantasy stuff. We'll get to that here momentarily, uh, my friend. So stay tuned. Um, look, look, the Purdy stuff at MVP. Oh, I was going to say, I think he's second in MVP. He's the guy I would bet on. I think he's going to be the, he's going to be who wins it. He's probably second. Which if I had to guess. Talking? Pat. Oh yeah, they're tied. Okay. Yeah. Right. The the problem is the market the market will with Pat will never dip, but he he's gonna probably win it again. Unless the Finns keep this up, which I'm not skeptical of. I just, you know, I feel like maybe, I mean maybe if they go thirteen and four and his numbers are silly and they have the best offense in league history, then he might he probably will win it. So this is the argument I have against Patrick Mahomes so far this season. We have been so spoiled by incredible play by Patrick Mahomes in his career like this year is about the most pedestrian feeling season that's fair that he's ever had 
Yeah. Now, Kelsey's not been 100%. He's got wide receivers out there with six fingers total. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man. But, I mean, no, that- he's winning games. They struggled against the Broncos. That wasn't, that was kind of a, a shocker. They bullshitted. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they treat talk about they treating did. it. Hey, it's one thing for we'll talk about Dolphins here. But a little yeah, bit. so, so that's, it's that's one thing to treat that. that. I don't think good. I don't like Mahomes as MVP this year just because that's her. He's he's lost MVP with way better seasons than he's having right now. But again, no, it's early. I mean, he could he could light it up yet. Oh yeah, exactly. No, he the but yeah, talk about disrespecting an opponent. The Dolphins felt like they treated that game like a scrimmage, and the Chiefs <laughs> treated a divisional game <laughs> like a scrimmage. Anywho, Broncos or Broncos, Browns, Niners. Uh, Brock Purdy was not good today. Um, credit, I guess, if you want, because I'm not a dick. Credit to him for getting them down there to have the chance, but he also the majority of it was a short pass and run by Ayuk. Uh. And on the first play of the drive, he threw one of those good old Purdy specials, my friend, where he throws it right into the chest of the DB. But guess who breaks it up? The wide receiver. Uh, not a good day from Purdy. Uh, but I do think that is a thing. That will be the headline on the hot take shows. And I obviously just wanted to get my game off because I'm an ass. But the Browns defense, man, good googly moogly. They're great. They are great. Uh, the Niners were a wrecking ball of Miley Cyrus proportions through five games. And that defense, man, that is nasty what they did today. Browns, Jets. There are a couple defenses in the league right now where you're just like, hot damn. If they had just like, just think about if you have an offense like Miami and a defense like the Browns on (laughs) one squad, like what that would be like. The 07 Patriots. It'd be crazy. It, that, that's what the 07 Patriots were. Pretty much. The yeah, offense not nearly as the offense not nearly as complex, but it was the it was the most record breaking offense of all time in the modern era. Yeah. Or in that era. I don't I guess you wouldn't call that modern, but uh and injuries. Injuries were terrible today. That that 49ers game, especially. They lost Debo, they lost McCaffrey, but across the league, just felt like we lost guys left and right. Trent Williams went down for a little bit, but then came back. Today was the first day that I realized that, yeah, the Niners O-line, I think um, they both, yeah, they both won divisions here, so they'll play each other. I'm going to be in that game when they play Philly. I'm going to be, I mean, we'll all be paying attention, but uh, I know, and it's a while before they do. That's the next one where it's like, all right, let's see, because that Browns D-line, they, they were dominant today and the thing too is they match it with good linebacker play uh uh, gerard russo koromoa i just butchered the hell out of his name the notre dame kid he plays off ball linebacker for them and they line him up everywhere jim schwartz does such a great job with the different types of looks that he gets where he'll line guys up where he'll make guy he'll line stuff up to make the offensive line have to block one v one in pass pro because he also then realizes that he's got the dogs to cover. Like Denzel Ward is an elite corner. Greg Newsom might be him and Trent McDuffie definitely are the two best slot corners in the league. Uh, McDuffie, obviously for the chiefs, 
they just have dudes, man. They are so good on that defensive end. And the offense did enough, uh, did enough today. They were able to hit Cooper. Amari Cooper made a couple really good catches, and he made one down the sideline that was just disgusting. Um, and PJ Walker did have the couple interceptions. The offense, look, man, they found ways. They they found some sort of way against the Niners defense, who is still really awesome. And they were down 10 nothing, and they still kind of rallied the troops a bit. It is just, look, impressive stuff. Uh, they also got on their one touchdown of the game. They got super creative. They they lined up with the tight end under center. This It was 10 nothing, and they are, they're driving. Uh, they're driving down the field. They end up hitting a... Uh, they hit a deep ball to Amari Cooper to get into the near the red area, and then it's third and one. They line up the tight end Harrison Bryant under center to like they're going to do the tush push, but he takes it and then pitches it to Kareem Hunt. They pin and pull. They get the edge and Hunt scores. So they got creative down in the red area to get their one touchdown, and then they just sustained enough drives. Really, uh, you know, like their drives. I mean, they had nine for forty eight to start the third, um, but they're you know off of a punt. Six plays, eighteen yards to take the lead, uh, and uh, their last one, their last two. Now, granted, fourteen plays, forty-three yards, seven and a half minutes to make it a one-point game, and then nine plays, sixty-three yards uh, to make it to, to take the lead, and then obviously Moody missing the borderline chip shot, forty-one yarder uh, at the end of the game. The Niners. This isn't an indictment on the Niners. I'm going to be a dick about Purdy because I'm a dick. The Browns' defense is incredible. And hopefully Watson can come back and get healthy. Like a pair, that shoulder has to be way more banged up than we realize. But if he can come back and play as well as he did before he got hurt, which he, that last game he played, I think was the Titans game, and he looked really good. The Browns could be a serious problem. Not a team that I'd want to play in the playoffs. No, because uh, today it wasn't Deshaun Watson. It was. Uh, PJ Walker. You get competent offense play, decent offensive play with a defense like that, and you'll make noise. And it just makes you th- it makes you kind of feel bad for the Browns too. It's like they had Nick Chubb out, Deshaun Watson. You don't really feel bad because he's kind of a you know a lot of a lot of baggage with that man, but. Uh, it's just a word I've used. <laughs> definitely a uh, word so yeah they're it'll be interesting to see how that goes i mean bengals are they still are shaky as heck i know they've won a couple in a row but they 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 really had no business winning that game today other than gino just playing like complete ass uh um, yeah, he didn't play good made a couple bad throws their d-line is tough though yeah Forget but I, I mean i look at that division and um, I mean, the Browns certainly could could ride that defense to a div- division championship at this point. Could. Bengals beat the brakes off people out of, out of the division, though. So <laughs> they sucked in the AFC North the last couple of years, but they just they win all these games outside of the division. Uh, I, I, I think the Bengals are definitely back, though. They did kind of Seahawks are also really good. Their DBs are amazing. Um, uh. Let's move on to this one. The Eagles Jets. Hot take? Not a hot take. If, if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, this would be a top five team in the league. Bonafide. With their rec 
I also say that with maybe I will also be maybe their record right now is only four and two because they they would beat the Patriot they would have beat the Patriots with him. Um, who knows that Dallas game is a who knows, but maybe they could have beat Dallas. Uh, and then the loss they had to the Chiefs, eh, let's just call a spade a spade and say they lose to the Chiefs. So they probably got an extra win at least. But with the consistency of Rodgers, now granted, you we all feel great about Zach Wilson because he's at least playing at he at least looks like a backup quarterback instead of someone who should be in the USFL. Uh, but it's still not good enough. Today their defense carried him to a win. Like that was without their top two corners, which is crazy. Uh what well, what were your overall thoughts on the Jets and the Eagles today? Jalen Hurts did not play well at all. The Jets shut down the running game. At least that's the sense I got. Because I didn't watch a ton of it, but I caught bits and pieces, especially the end of it, looking at stats and things. But they uh they limited the Eagles running attack. And I don't know if that meant they the Eagles were forced to throw it or they just decided to only throw it late. But I'm watching the fourth quarter and he's throwing these interceptions and I'm thinking, you have the lead. Why are you forcing these throws? Bad throws on some of them. The, like, like yeah. I, I get that the defense is taking away the run, but that doesn't mean you need to play like Josh Allen on his worst day and just chuck it up and throw it anywhere. Yeah, I don't think Hurts. I thought Hurts was all right. I get what you're saying, though. The last one was like, why are you even like your defense is playing good? Force them to go. That's one where it's just like run the ball. Me, I think they were out of timeouts. I'm not sure. But regardless, run the ball. Either they call timeout or they don't make them make them then have to go 70, 80 yards on your defense. Like just that's not going to happen. Now, yeah, granted, they would own. They would only have to get to like the 30 ish because we were down to, but you get what I'm saying. Make them have to drive the field. Uh, so, uh, but you know, he stared it down and it got picked. Uh, the second interception. So threw on that one, I think, right? Huh? He got hit as he threw on the second one, right? The one yeah, that, that the was, biggest, I think that was the first one in the fourth quarter. The biggest one, the biggest thing from the game for me today is that Lane Johnson went down their right tackle. Who's one of the best players in the league. And the guy that came in for him is be- isn't bad, but you know Lane Johnson, Jalen Hurts has played his whole career where he has his front side. He has not had to worry about anyone coming close to hitting him because <laughs> Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack since I was like five, basically. And he he gets beat around the edge because the Jets have I don't know dudes up front. They have like eight guys that could start. I say it all the time on any on most teams in the NFL. By the way, two of the two best D lines in the league today played in that game. Just insane depth. Uh, and Jalen Carter didn't even play. Um, but he gets hit as he, he's, he's cocking it back to throw. He gets hit on the arm. It just pops up, and it's an easy pick for the DB. And the other one, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. It was on their th- second drive. I'm trying to look up the exact play. Which interception are you looking up? The last one? Oh, the first one. The first Because the last one, he just stared it down. Yeah. But they also, sh- again, they should have just ran it. The first one, it's a throw over the middle to Devontae Smith. And then right as he catches it, the linebacker pops it out and Quinnen Williams just turns and it lands in his lap. So, like, the plays are very unfortunate, 
he wasn't great, but I don't think he was the problem. Because initially I was like, man, not great. But then I remember going back and watching, like, or like watching throughout the day, and I'm like, wait a minute, the three picks, not that bad. The last one wasn't good, but tough day all around. Next week's Sunday game is going to be fun as hell, man. What's your thought on my take about the Jets? If they had Rodgers, I think, oh yeah, God, this team would be disgusting. Yeah, I mean, they, the fact that they shouldn't have really beaten the Bills or the Eagles, but they did with that defense and Zach Wilson playing. You give them better quarterback play, and absolutely, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I would be, I would be scared of them, big time. Uh, as the Dolphins, I'm, I'm not looking forward to those matchups with the Jets, no. because that just seems like a game where they're going to completely shut down the offense, and I don't want to see what that looks like. Yeah. I will say and this. Sometimes I, I get the sense that uh, our defense is like a revolving door sometimes and maybe they'll make Zach Wilson look good, but I'm, I'm, I'm just too negative on the dolphins defense. That's, but that's a side note. We, the, the jets, they, yeah, hundred percent. If they have Rogers, I'd be, I'd be feeling really good about them being a contender. It would have backed all of my preseason. Cause remember my thoughts preseason were like, if this team like with him, they're going to be great. Now here's the thing so far with Zach Wilson, at least the last three games, he has looked instead of again a guy that should be in the USFL. No joke. Nope. No disrespect to those cats. He's looked like an actual at least backup quarterback in the National Football League the last three weeks. The Chiefs game, the Broncos game, which even then he wasn't good. And then today he wasn't. He, again, he wasn't good, but like he didn't. He was. He wasn't. Maybe had a couple bad dumb plays, but he was all right. He looks like he got his. It looks like the Chiefs game kind of gave him confidence again. So where. Like he isn't just a he isn't frozen. Um, so that's a plus. If he at least does that the rest of the year, I mean, they could go 500. And who knows? I mean, if, and get him to a point where what if what if Rogers found the the darkness retreat that healed his Achilles? I'm terrified because I like Aaron Rodgers that he's going to try to come back and it's going to end his career this season. I'm terrified of that because I love the dude. I think he's a fantastic. I think he's one of the greatest players of all time. I understand if you don't like uh, his off the field stuff, but again, when you listen to me on this show, it, I try. I come here to separate art from the artist. That's why I enjoy watching Deshaun Watson play still, even though the stuff that happened or didn't happen allegedly or whatever was despicable. I'm here to separate art from artists. Now, sometimes stuff is so horrendous, you just can't do it. But in this case, at least with Aaron, you know, he does some drugs and he has some weird political views. Whatever, I guess. Uh, uh, listen, man. I, if he could, though, he was th no boot, just playing catch today. Who knows? What if it'd be a hell of a, it'd be a hell of a story if he just came back and even if he looked bad ish, like didn't get hurt, like I'd be like, oh my God, it'd be a hell of a win for that guy. Um, but I just think like th this was their toughest part of the season and they got through it three and three. Everybody going into the year was like those first six weeks, man, they're brutal. And they got out of it three and three and Rogers didn't play. So who knows? They're going to be outgunned when against like the Dolphins when they go to Buffalo, even though Josh Allen doesn't play the Jets real well. 
Um, can they find, can they figure out how to beat the Patriots? Cause the Patriots are a disaster. <laughs> um, who knows, but they're next, they got the buy. So they'll get healthy, healthy at certain spots. They have the deadline to try to patch some stuff together. Maybe go get an alignment. Uh, who knows? And then they got the giants off the buy who are a train wreck. So like, it's it it's they feel cursed and it's bad, but it's like, holy shit, the Jets are three and three. <laughs> the Jets have been an incredible roller coaster this season of emotion. Like you go, you think through the offseason, it's a steady climb. They got Rogers, they're excited. You get to kick off week one. Oh my god, the anticipation. It's amazing. We're gonna be so good this year. Four plays Hard, in target dialed oh. in. Poof. <laughs> And then the Chiefs game, you know, oh, Zach Wilson's not playing too bad. We got no, a champ here. He's out playing Patrick Mahomes. Okay, all right. Today, oh, Garrett Wilson got hurt. Oh, no. Oh, but he's coming back. He's back in. We beat the Eagles. Oh, shit, we're off the rails. The craziest thing about the Bills game, it's like, oh, my God, they lost. Oh, my God, oh, my God, Rodgers out. Oh, my God, yeah. they won. <laughs> yeah, but, like, there has been some incredible – Topsy turvy times for the the New York Jets this season. If I'm not a Jets fan because this flag behind me says you can't. Exactly. But it's been fun. To, it's been a fun story to watch this season. 100. I don't like the Patriots, and I don't like the Bills. I never really didn't like. I never really disliked the Bills, but until recently. I'm yeah. <laughs> the last uh, five years. I'll. You know. Yeah. Uh. The Jets. I don't mind. Never have. Never have been like, when we play them, it's like, oh, well, look, the Jets. But I don't really despise, I don't have any disdain towards the Jets at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind it. It's fun. But, yeah, man, when it comes to the Jets. That is an acid trip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, roller coaster. Uh, all right, I've held you way they're too gonna long. Make, they're going to make a movie about this Jets season when they go if, to win the Super Bowl. If Rodgers comes back. <laughs> brother uh oh, we're gonna man. take a quick break here in a second but before we left i figured you'd want to talk about our boys yeah going into fake picking up winning today's scrimmage <laughs> uh and then uh getting ready for next sunday night's big night talking about today's game and roller coasters uh you know first quarter is in the books and our our group our, our, our little facebook chats way down here we're uh we're not I, having a whole lot of fun joe says, had, we're gonna lose this game I had accepted that it was a no. I just like, did. Oh no! I was like, oh, I've, I was just like, I've seen this. I, I had, I watched it, Nick, and I was like, oh, I've seen this game. I, it, it's okay. I was ready for it. Would I be upset? Yeah, but it's the NFL. Dumb shit happens. So I would have been. I was prepared. I was gonna be like, oh, okay, that's it is. It's a loss. Shouldn't, but it is. Last year's Miami Dolphins probably lose that game today. Yeah. Yeah, they do that. They go down 14. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 35 nothing run. But then! <laughs> From the top rope. Yeah. Here comes Tua. Brother. 42 to 7. 35 unanswered. I saw a guy tweet today that I follow. He's like, hey, man, the Panthers are in trouble because they played their best game of the year and the Dolphins treated it like a practice. <laughs> and blown out. I was like, Ugh. he's like, the Dolphins are just looking at him laughing. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was another fun one. It's like all 
I, I just I wish I would have done a same game parlay on that game because like all of the touchdowns that I would have considered were the ones that scored today. Thielen, Hill, and Mosher. I probably could have uh probably could have done something like that. I even got a, an Ahmed touchdown at the end. I started him in a fantasy league because somebody was injured and he got me a garbage time touchdown at the end that also uh, as Al Michaels would say, that touchdown was important for some of for some folks. <laughs> it was. But uh, but yeah, that was it was it really was just, it, this this season is just crazy. I'm still I am not sold on the defense, especially the uh, like the first two quarters today. They got torched by the Carolina winless Panthers. Yeah, but then they you know, they got it. They got it together. They're going to get they're going to continue getting pieces back. I think X got hurt today. So I'm hoping Howard I, I'm hoping that wasn't too serious. I, I haven't looked into it, but Jalen uh, Phillips is back. Yeah, back. Which is what I wanted. I wanted Phillips to come back and get snaps before the game next week. Because I think Phil, am I crazy? Jalen Phillips is their best defensive player. My nuts. Today it was Chubb. He played a heck of a game. I gotta say, man, Chubb's had a great year. He had a it was last year he had his moments of like, oh, this is not what I wanted. But this yeah, year like, we traded for this. What? He has shown up and he's been really good. But yeah, it was nice for Phillips to get out there. Javon Holland, I think, is also one of the better guys, too. Um, so yeah, nice to the D line do well next week. They got to get creative. They got to, they got to do stuff. I did see a thing today that said Jalen Ramsey is tracking to be back sooner than expected. So that's good news. That'll be nice. Cause we're just hopeless at corner right now. Like, I don't think Cater Kohu is completely awful, but every time a big play is given up, it seems like it's number four that's closest to the receiver catching the ball. And I'm just like, man, every time, like the, I think it was the Bills game, he was just torched on like every time they threw at him. It, today, kind of, I think, I think he was the one covering on at least one of their touchdown passes today, too. So I'm just like, oh, man, not again. What, what's this dude doing out here? It won't be, this won't happen. But if Chris Greer has, because there's no way this if he gets traded, if the Broncos are dumb enough to trade this player, it will not be to us. But if Chris Greer, who I have in love with everything he's done, honestly, since I don't know, he took over. <laughs> what wrong move has he made? It seems if he's got any bullets in that gun of his, fire them off for Pat Sertan, and let's go win a title. That's like all I would – that's the only thing I would really ask for because the offensive line, Armstead being out sucks, but as long as Williams is in there, I'm – you know, like Williams being in there is – even though Armstead's an all-pro level guy, Williams in its center is just as or more more important to me because that means if Williams is out, that means Eichenberg's got to play, and Eichenberg is terrible. Uh, so give me Williams in its center because he's been really good. They've done good they, – they, they've had a good – year up front this year so far now knock on wood because next week is going to be a battle it's going to be tough um yeah and hopefully a chain I, I think i saw today too that a chain after the ir stint will be ready to come back so i wonder if what they did was more of a precautionary thing just like hey we get it we're we're trying to we're playing the extreme long haul here with this team because obviously if everyone can stay healthy we're just going to get to the road Tyreek had the stare because I scared to me today because I thought he had what happened to Justin Jefferson. Like you have, you see a guy pull up like that and it's like, fuck, we're done. Like you think it's hammy and then you're cooked the rest of the year. Cause that thing never heals. 
but it turns out it was just cramps and i was i've had the oh thank god oh my god uh it so is yeah. fun to look at tyree kill stats Silly. i did that earlier and it's just like this is fun. It's God fun. damn, this is fun. It's silly. Nice, good bounce back game for Raheem Mostert after a couple of eh, games from him. I, I must the, say. I enjoyed the stat today that said two, three touchdown games for Mostert this season. He had zero before this year. <laughs> He's been good, man. He has been really good. And they do they do a good job of putting him in positions to make big plays. Yeah. Like they they do such a good job of attacking the alleys with their run game. Then all, you spread out, and then they hit you inside, and they gash you. It's what they did to the Pats when he had that long touchdown run. So, yeah, man, good for all things considered. And, uh, yeah, man, let's get uh, next Sunday night. Big buckle up. Yeah, we talked about the Bills game being a big one. That one didn't pan out. Hopefully, second time's a charm. This is a big one this week. Prime time television. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I've kept you way too long. I'm sorry. All good. All good. Uh, I'm gonna t- We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, about a couple other games in the league. We're going to go through some quick hitters, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit of baseball because, boy, oh, boy, playoff baseball is fun. And as you can see, the baseball on Sunday night was better because it was. Nick, thank you as always, my friend. We will see you next week. Sure thing. Kyle Larson's advanced to Phoenix already in NASCAR. There's your motorsport five seconds. Yeah, he did. Uh, Chris Bell, great race, but it sucks to have your best race when every other playoff contender finishes in the top 11 (laughs) and you don't gain any traction. Except Ryan Blaney, who got disqualified. Brutal. RIP. All right, man. All right. Well, I will. We will uh, bid you adieu, my friend. Uh, See you next week. We'll catch you later, man. All right. We'll be back after this with more. Serving the Quad Cities area since 1973, and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. This family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office, or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. And we're back. Uh, So, you know... Fun, fun stuff we had today. I saw, but up, but up, but up. There was a question I wanted to get to, fantasy related. My guy here, talk about on the on the cusp. Josh, he says I'm currently losing 98 to 103, but have Pollard and Cowboys defense left to play? Should I bench the defense? Mm, that's a good question. I've never been one to do that, and the Cowboys defense, like I don't think they'll get shredded, but. 
yeah, yeah, you could. I don't think it'd be a terrible idea because Pollard should at least get five points. That's a thing. Like the Chargers defense is terrible. If Pollard, if they can't run the ball with Pollard tomorrow, then Pollard, like that ship has to just get thrown out the window. All right, let's move on. We got a couple other, not just notes here from today. Uh, Let's talk about what was a very good performance in Tampa Bay. I was very impressed with the Detroit Lions going to Tampa Bay. I understand that the Lions, you know, defense has been good against some moderately inferior offenses. The Atlanta Falcons offense, especially on the road, not good. Uh, The Bucs, Baker, when he plays good teams, you know, uh, last week, or but hey, you know, they played the Packers in the offense, um, you know, did good against the Packers, Packers. But I mean, listen, there was a lot of bad offenses in the league. But sometimes it's also good defenses. I'm not here to say that the Lions' off defense is fantastic, but can we at least? I think the narrative should drop that their defense is bad because I think it's starting to against smart people. But you know, the main thing people are always focus oh their their defense is bad. And I've even said like there's ways to get them, their linebackers and whatnot. But I gotta even say like I thought they've done a good job to utilize Jack Campbell so far as a rookie, and I I think. Anzalone has had a really good season. Their linebackers have played really well, and they played really good today. The Bucs had no answer, and their D-line, too, is fierce. The Bucs can't run the ball. Their DBs are gettable, but, you know, hopefully you get Brian Branch back. That would be huge. Um, And then again, maybe you're the Lions. Maybe you go after a Pat Sertan at the deadline. Maybe you try to find a way to go go get a player. Uh, at the trade deadline to boost, uh, to boost your secondary. You know, there there's some teams out there. You know, maybe call I don't know if you call the Patriots and try to get something, or I mean, the Giants. You maybe call for one of their guys in the secondary if they're trying to get off some pieces. You know, but I just think there's some options for you there defensively, probably out there that you could try to go call and get and see what you can get, man. Like they're the you know that's some that's a spot I would expect for them to try to upgrade. But all in all, I want to say today, the big point for me with them is Jared Goff was incredible. I think he played the best. Jared Goff played the best quarterback, the best game at the quarterback position today compared to anybody else in the league. Their run game could not get going uh, at all. They had a couple, they had some, they did a great job to scheme stuff and they did a great job of utilizing guys. And Jared Goff today was magnificent. Like them as a whole, today on third down like they uh, I got to find this number nine of 16 on third down Goff's passing numbers on third down were in incredible and overall 353 two touchdowns no picks they protected him well they did such a good job too of getting in their bag yes you can look at the Almond wrestling brown numbers and be excited uh but you have you like this is how and Amon Ra is amazing but you like this is how deep the bag of a bag that this team has, where Sam Laporta, who's been their second most reliable target really this season, on a down to down basis. I know the crazy stat I heard today was Josh Reynolds hadn't caught a ball before today that wasn't either a first down or touchdown, which is wild. But uh, when you look at Laporta, Laporta has been their bet the best 
their second best and most consistent, second most consistent option in the passing game this season. You're without Jameer Gibbs. Um, and Laporta is banged up. He has the calf injury. He ended up playing today, and a lot of people thought he wouldn't. He definitely looked like he couldn't move well today. He wasn't really able to get open, had a couple drops. But today was Sam Laporta's welcome to the NFL game, right? He's playing against a decent, a decent solid linebacking core in Devin White and uh, Levante David. David's pretty good in coverage, and co- David did a really good job on him. Uh, and you have all that going. You can't run the ball. You The Lions have such a deep bag where they can just come – and pull out the let's draw up two a sh- uh, couple shot three shot plays to Jamison Williams. Uh, th- that's that that was a drive. They hit one over the middle to him to pick up a decent gain. Then they try they draw up a nice little deep comeback to him, but the uh, golf got hit as he threw it. It was underthrown. And then the deep ball uh, touchdown was just a thing of beauty. Great to see him back in and integrated. He is such a home run hitter for them that it's just another thing you have to defend with this team. The Lions are so good, and I think people need to understand to take this team. I've clearly said it, but I feel like hopefully the public really gets behind them. This team is the real deal, and uh, yeah, man, that was just an impressive, dominant win. They never, I mean, it was three to three at one point in the second quarter, but like they never allowed Tampa off the mat in that game. Very impressive stuff from the Lions. Uh, other quickish notes: Bengals Seahawks. I'll have to probably do some rewatch. Um, I will say the, the beginning of the game, the Bengals had some some good moments early in the game. I thought Burrow, the way he was extending plays, was really good to see him kind of get some mojo back. In that case, where he's able to move. And that alone is the big thing for me. The defensive line at the end of the day played really well and made stuff happen. The Seahawks defense is really good. So I'll have to go back and watch some stuff to see. Um, or listen to some people talk about some of the more deeper diving analytical things in that game to see exactly what some of the issues were for Cincinnati. But from, you know, I've got multiple TVs going. I've got different screens going. From everything I saw, the listen, the Seahawks DBs were able to play good. Devin Witherspoon again, he's really good. Shock uh to nobody, um, clearly. Uh and their D-line, the Bengals D-line today, when it mattered, won and they won a lot. Uh Colts Jags. I just want to say the Colt the Jags defense is good, man. They really are. They stopped the run real well. They need to call the Vikings for Daniel Hunter. That's where I've landed. If the Jags could get a hold of them. And just get an edge rusher. Even if it's not Daniel Hunter, go get another edge rusher, and you're sitting really pretty. Their sa- their safeties are fantastic. Cisco and Jenkins both had picks today. Uh, their interior in the defense to stop the run is really good. The Colts have been so good on the ground this season. With and I know it's without Anthony Richardson, but even still, the innovation they have in the run game and and all of those types of things give up 44 yards on the ground today. I mean that is. Impressive, impressive stuff. Uh, 85, or what is it? Yeah, 44 yards on the ground today to the Colts. Just impressive. And they were gashing teams. Moss was having a good season up until this point. Good win for the Texans today. Defense played well. D'Amico Ryan's home run higher. You get it. Uh, you know it here. Um, and then outside of that, I think we're good. I'm not going to talk about the game that happened in the state I live in. 
I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just not. Vikings won. Congratulations. I don't want to waste my breath on that embarrassing performance by that embarrassing team. It's just I, I they don't they don't control my happiness anymore. So it doesn't bug me. I had no listen. If they would have won because of the guy that was playing, that would have been good for content. But they didn't. So oh well. All right, let's talk some baseball before we get out of here. The Texas Rangers go to Houston, pick up game one in the ALCS, two to nothing. Uh, I know we haven't talked baseball a lot this year, so it sounds going to think I'm a casual to it. But listen, we obviously had our big mid preseason or preseason and kind of midseason stuff. Uh, we're here. We pay attention to the game, people. But, uh, you know, we're just something we don't talk about often. And we're a bit of an unfortunate to not get together too much to do some playoff stuff, but we're going to try to get to it as we get, uh, hopefully maybe do a big world series pod, with me and Mag and Nick or something before that starts. Okay. Uh, today was all about the pitching for the Rangers, the Rangers since ending the season on a bad street run that cost them the division. They have dominated in the playoffs. We all know that they, they rolled through the Rays, They rolled through the Orioles. They only trailed for one half inning, which was after the first inning of game two against Baltimore, they came back and put up like six in the top of the second, and they've been dominant ever since. Today was about the pitching for me with them. Jordan Montgomery pitched a really good game, six and a third, five hits. He had six strikeouts. Again, the the, the thing with both, and they were saying it on the broadcast, and it's really true, both of these teams, and it, it showed, both of these teams do a great job of not swinging and missing. So, it was very impressive to see Montgomery be able to navigate the lineup of the Astros, who's got obviously they got a bunch of killers on it, and get and get important strikeouts in important times. He was able to get Jordan Alvarez uh, a lot. I think oh, Alvarez went over in this game. He went over four, um, and he had three strikeouts. So like to 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 have, uh, and they were all Montgomery. So for Montgomery to have that against him when they needed it was just so impressive and they kept the Astros bats quiet. The biggest play of course of the game is two nothing um, in the top of the eighth and you have the Altuve. They come in, it's off Chapman and Chapman has been just not good against the Astros in for his career. It's just truth. And he comes in guys on, Here's Altuve. Altuve hits it to the same spot that he hit that walk-off against the Yankees on when he did the whole don't rip my shirt off thing. But instead, it's short. The uh, Carter, the, the rookie for the Rangers, makes a fantastic leaping catch at the wall. And then uh, as Carter's throwing the ball in, Altuve doesn't retouch second base because he was trying to – or Altuve – doesn't hit the, the the ball. I think it was Bregman actually. I, my apologies, but Altuve goes to second. Doesn't touch second. He touches second base because he thinks it's going to be a hit. Then doesn't retouch the bag, and they're able to double him up off the appeal. Biggest play of the game because the fact from there it goes from inches away from being, uh, you know, tie game to the that was the moment where you kind of felt like. That was their one shot. If they were going to win, it'd be there because that they really, other than that, never put the Rangers in any danger. And that was the most impressive thing from Montgomery to Spores to Chapman 
to Leclerc, who in the ninth just rolled through the through everybody. They never were in danger, it felt like, at all. Uh, Montgomery did such a good job in this game. Now, he, you know, I, I, I take that back. I think it was in the fifth where Montgomery got at, got uh, where they got the bases loaded. Let me go through and try to find it. Second, bottom of the fifth. Was it the fifth or the sixth? Bottom six? No. Or was it the bottom of the fourth? Here we go. Bottom of the fourth. So, doubled, singled. Yep, bases loaded. Uh, and it was first and second. Pena gets on with a single. Really good throw by Carter or by uh, uh, Carter to get it in, right? And just to keep him loaded. And then Maldonado comes up, and Montgomery just mows through him uh, to get a to get the strikeout. That was the only time that the that the Rangers ever felt in trouble was in that sequence in the bottom of the fourth when it was still one nothing, and then uh, Tavares hits that home run to make it two nothing in the top of the fifth. And from there, the Astros never really, never really got any danger, you know. The other than that moment where that double play happened, so just a great job by the by the Rangers pitching tonight. We'll see if they can continue tomorrow night. Um, is Diamondbacks Phillies game one, Astros Rangers game two? So might probably talk a bit about that tomorrow night on the show, um, as both of those games should be fun. That Diamondbacks Phillies series is going to be really interesting. That's for so for sure. So, all right, that's going to do it for uh, for that conversation. Um, we'll, uh, we'll take one last break. And when we come back, we'll, uh, get on app out of here. Transform your body into a canvas of exquisite storytelling and profound self-expression with the skilled hands of Ryan Allison craft custom masterpieces that tell your unique story together. Ryan specializes in color tattoos as well as black and gray. He also practices a diverse range of styles, whether you're passionate about anime, fantasy, mythology, pop culture, video games, movies, the esoteric, nature, creatures, dot work, black work, or you have your own ideas, Ryan embraces your distinct vision with an unwavering commitment to passion, precision, and originality. Each project he undertakes is a labor of dedication, a fusion of research, artistic ingenuity, and profound symbolism. His commitment to authenticity is nothing short of remarkable, infusing his very soul into every creation. From half and full sleeves to body suits, awesome back pieces, to majestic front panels, Ryan is the artist for anyone seeking powerful, breathtaking artwork. With every stroke of his needle, he weaves a tale that's as unique as you are. Don't settle for ordinary tattoos when you can elevate your ink to the extraordinary with Ryan Allison. Embark on your creative journey by booking a consultation with him and proudly exhibit your story on your skin. Visit Ryan at Why Not Ink Studio in North Park Mall or check out his portfolio online at ryanallison.art. Ryan Allison Tattoos. When you choose me, you're not just getting a tattoo, you're getting an experience. All right, that's going to do it from the the office. Um uh, <laughs> Hanging out, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys more than you know. Thank you so much for joining us tomorrow night. We will be live to discuss 
what should be a good Monday night game. We haven't had one of those in a uh, a few weeks, it feels like, because, I mean, Jesus, we've been stuck with, I mean, we had last week, last week we had Packers Raiders, which made me fall asleep twice. Giant Seahawks the week before. The week before that was that Eagles, Rams, Bucks, uh, Eagles, Bucks, Rams, Bengals doubleheader, which was fun. Week two was the another doubleheader, which was kind of meh. So, like, tomorrow night should be a decent Monday night game, and there will be baseball. So, we should be juiced and ready to rock tomorrow. Also, um, my brain just froze. Oh, we'll have the Elite Eight. Duh, you dummy. We'll have the Elite Eight uh, for the NFL. Probably a new number one tomorrow. Look at my long face. So, yeah, that is where I'm at. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night with our live show. We thank everybody for tuning in. We thank everybody for watching. We appreciate it more than you could ever know. Thank you all so much. Uh, as always, you see it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at For Frequency Sake QC. Um, and we're at 65 subs as of this morning. I'm going to do a quick little gander to see where we're at right now. We appreciate those that have liked the video. Um, if you haven't, please do like it on any platform. And just subscribe to us on YouTube, man. That would mean a whole lot to me. And uh, a lot to some other folks as well, you know. Uh, uh, th th I, I, I could make up a funny sob story, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to do that. I care about you all too much. Uh, this is my attempt for bad humor, but we would really appreciate it. And uh, you can always uh, find me on my social medias right oh, oh, right there. My name is Joe, Joe the Show Winkle. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for our live show, uh, our Monday night live show. As always, remember, if you, uh, this has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. If you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. We will see you guys tomorrow night for the Elite Eight and the Monday night football and baseball doubleheader recap. We'll see you guys then. We're out. Peace.